Hello, welcome to The Literary State, a series of podcasts with Missouri poets. I am Mary Frances Wagner, Missouri's sixth poet laureate, and I will be leading this interview series. Our guest today is Carl Phillip. Phillips is the author of 16 books of poetry, most recently, Then the War, New and Selected Poems, 2007-2020, and Wild is the Wind, which won the Los Angeles Times Book Prize. Other honors include the 2021 Jackson Prize, the Aiken Taylor Award for Modern American Poetry, the Kingsley Tufts Award, a Lambda Literary Award, the Penn USA Award for Poetry, and fellowships from the Guggenheim Foundation, the Library of Congress, the American Academy of Arts and Letters, and the Academy of American Poets. Phillips has also written three prose books, most recently, My Trade is Mystery, Seven Meditations from a Life in Writing. He teaches at Washington University in St. Louis. Welcome, Carl. Thanks for having me. Based on what you do when you revise a poem, what are some suggestions you would give to poets for reworking poems that aren't there yet? Um, I tend to try to shift the lens the way you, like when you get an eye appointment and they keep changing different lenses to see how does it look now and then. So I'll change some kind of um, prosodic element of the poem. For example, if it's all in the present tense, I'll just decide what if I recast it in past tense? And it allows me sometimes to see the poem in a whole new way, or I'll change the point of view. So if the poem is in the third person and it's they were doing this, they were doing that, I'll decide to make it first person. We were doing this, we were doing that. And I find that just that kind of a shift makes me understand what was getting to be very familiar. It defamiliarizes it for me. And sometimes that becomes a way to, to enter anew and start revising. That's very helpful. I'm sure that our listeners today will find that useful. Uh, how to handle sound in a, in a poem? And what would you recommend poets do to improve sound in their own poems? Um, well, I, how I handle it, and I guess, I, I guess this answers both questions. I'm always reading my drafts out loud. So I write by hand in a notebook, but then I, as I get to something that seems like, oh, this might be the poem, I start reading every line out loud because I want to know where am I pausing? Where will I make the line breaks? But also when I read it out loud, often things that seemed perfectly clear and or, you know, wonderful to me, when I hear them out loud, I'll think that's actually totally a mess um, or it's clear, but stupid. And I realized that my genius apparently isn't on today. So, so I find it's actually voicing the poems out loud helps me. And it's also when I say the lines out loud that I'll realize, oh, the, maybe this, the 
beats are too regular and I need to rough it up more or vice versa. There seems no music and I'll realize, oh, there's an area where that's hard to say. I need to smooth it out a bit more. So just reading it out loud and really listening to each word and, and making sure it sounds the way I want it to sound. Okay. Uh, would you be willing to give our listeners a, a writing prompt that might kickstart a poem or another piece of writing for them? Sure. My writing prompts are almost always focused around structure. So one I came up with was to write a 12-line poem of two stanzas of equal length. So that's a poem that's two six-line stanzas. The first stanza has to be a question. The second stanza is an answer, but is not the answer to that question. And the final element of this is lines six and lines 12 have to rhyme. So you're gonna have two stanzas where the last lines of the, each stanza end up rhyming, but the rhyme's far enough apart, you won't exactly hear it right away. But also this idea of a non-answer to a question brings out interesting results, or at least I think it would. I'm going to actually try this myself after we do this. Yeah, I think I will too. I love that. I love that prompt. I'm going to try it. Well, I'm we told my prompts are pretty useful. I, I, they seem to, they sometimes seem weird and impossible to people. And then they do them and they think, wow, this worked. Yes, yes. Well, I think some prompts just kind of help us get out of always sounding like ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, would you mind sharing a couple of your own poems with us? I not only do not mind, but I came prepared. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read these two poems. One's, this first one's called Musculature. Musculature. The last dog I owned, or more humanely put, so I'm told, that I used to live with, she'd follow me everywhere. She died eventually. I put her down's more the truth. It is the truth. And now this dog that I mostly call sovereignty, both for how sovereignty, like fascination, can be overrated and for how long it's taken me just to half understand that. Pretty much my whole life. Mortality seemed an ignorable wilderness like any other. The past seemed what occasionally it still does, a version of luck, when luck as if inevitably gets stripped away. What hope otherwise for suffering? When did honesty become so hard to step into and stay inside of? I'm not saying forever. I could last a fair time on a small while. Sovereignty sleeps hard beside me. I pass my hands down the full length of him, like a loose command through a summer garden. Let those plants that can do so lean away on their stems toward the sun. I always feel the need after reading that poem to say that my dog's name is not Sovereignty. That would be really obnoxious. The dog's name is Ben, but <clears throat> you know, Ben didn't sound the same in a poem. All right, and then this second poem is called is it true all legends once were rumors? And it was as we'd been told it would be, some stumbling wingless, others flew beheaded. But at first when we looked at them, we could see no difference. 
the way it can take a while to realize about how regretfulness is not regret. As for being frightened, though for many animals, the governing instinct when most afraid is to attack, what about the tendency of songbirds in a storm towards silence? Is that fear too? For mostly, yes, we were silent, tired as well, though as much out of boredom as for the need to stretch a bit, why not the rest on foot? We at last decided and dismounting, each walked with his horse close beside him. We mapped our way north by the stars, old school, until there were no stars, just the weather of childhood, where it's snowing forever. There those you go. Wonderful. I love both of those poems. Thank you for thank sharing you. that. Thanks so much. I want to thank you for joining us today for The Literary State. For all of you who are tuned in, thank you. And we'll hope to see you next time. Take time to listen to all of our podcasts.